Hello and welcome to another episode of 99 Problems But A Boss Ain't One, the podcast that tackles your freelancer issues one problem at a time. I'm one of your co-hosts, Katie Carlisle, and I've been freelance for about five years running my own Squarespace web design business. My name's Michelle Pratt of coaching and training business Dive Deeper Development, and today we are going to be looking at the subject of networking. Gross. No, well, (laughs) I quite like it. It's one of those things that you kind of get the sense that you ought to do, and quite often people are told, go do some networking, as if that somehow tells you how, or why you're supposed to be doing it. So it's not unusual for people, I think, to turn up at networking events with this vague sense that you ought to be there but with no clue. So, Katie, I'm guessing from that you don't really like networking. <laughs> to be fair, I don't like the kind of traditional version of networking. And we're going to be talking today about what about finding the right networks for you and why that's important. So when I first went freelance, just like you were saying, Michelle, I went and registered to lots of kind of small business networking events and went to some of the kind of business network breakfast type events and yeah it turns out that me and a load of middle-aged men in suits are not the greatest match and so I was just like networking's rubbish I've got all these like old men tutting at me who don't really understand my kind of business model they've no idea what I'm talking about what is this square space of which you speak and <laughs> you mean you're not a traditional web designer uh and and I just found it really awkward I felt I mean, I, I, there, there's some networking events where I just go along to and I just feel a bit like, okay, I'm just going to stand in a corner and try and figure out who I can talk to because these don't look like my people and it's a bit strange. So yeah, I've one of the reasons I set up Freelance Folk was so I could create my own network how I wanted it because I didn't find any that I really liked to go to. And yeah, I was never a massive fan of it when I started out. Yeah, I think I, when I, I the first networking events I went to was when I worked for a bank, and some colleagues were like, "Do you want to go to this networking event?" And it's like, "Well, why would I go?" It's like, "Oh, because you'll learn something, or because it's good for your profile, it's good for your career." So I just, in good faith, turned up and got really bored. So I think a lot of networking events are incredibly boring. But then I think boring very much depends on what you are looking for. So what engages you and really do your networking around that well look what we can look at today is yeah what networking is what it should or what's it be yeah what's its purpose really and then we can give you some tips on how to do it because i think between us we've been to some terrible ones but we've i know we've also been to some really good ones as well so let's see if we can help people pick out uh pick out the the wheat from the chaff shall we say exactly so what are some things then michelle you'd say if you're trying to find the right kind of networking event for you? What are some things to look out for? I, do you know what? I think the first thing you gotta look out for is to know why you're networking. Like I say, it's easy to have this vague sense that you ought to be doing it, or you read it on blogs, 10 things you can do to boost your business, go out there and network. But I think know why you want to do it, because I, I think a lot of people think that networking's about sales, that you turn up, you do a good pitch, you hand out some business cards, and then you should walk away with sales. But I think the big learning for me is just that networking is more like relationships. And I kind of thought, do you know what? It's not, it's a bit like dating, depending on how you do your dating, of course. (laughs) But typically when you you go on a a first date, you're not typically looking to marry the person at the end of it. You're you're just trying to establish if there's any sort of chemistry. Is it worth a second date to get to know the person? And I think that takes the pressure off a bit. And it actually, it's relationships over a sustained period of time, which may help you in a number of ways. So... I think 
To avoid boredom and awkwardness at a networking event, it's really important to know your why. Why are you going? And yeah, it can be about sales, but I also think there's a whole host of other reasons. So for example, I go to your freelance folk event. I go to freelance folk to avoid cabin fever because I work from home a lot. So I get to speak to actual people, which is always really nice. Um, I also go for ideas and creativity. Um, I also go to fresh walks as well, which is out hiking in the Peak District or net walking, as some people call it. Mm-hmm. And that for me, as much as uh, about getting some exercise, uh, be getting out in the fresh air in the beautiful countryside, being stimulated by the nature. And actually, I learn an awful lot when I go. So I think there's a whole host of reasons why I do it besides just sales or raising your profile, I guess. That's it. I think for me, whenever I went to a networking event, it wasn't even with the aim of selling anything. It was actually more to do with um, just kind of finding finding some people that I could have as my peers. Because going from employment, where you've got colleagues and you know, you've know you got people in, in that industry that you've maybe met through your work, to them being freelance, it's actually very hard. If you don't already have a network of freelancers, it's really hard to then find other people that kind of understand what you're going through and can you can collaborate with on projects and things like that. So I, I really struggle to find the right way of finding these kind of freelancers like me. It feels like that's a website. It's like freelancerslikeme.com. Um, so that was part of it. Yeah, it wasn't necessarily selling. It was actually finding other people that I could connect with. And then maybe it's that human connection like you're saying the relationship side of it but I think that, that connection that you want to feel when you talk to somebody where you're not just trapped talking to somebody that you know has no relevance to what you do or what you offer yeah absolutely I think there's so many reasons you can go you know like I say it can be just a personal development thing it can be solving problems you can collaborate someone on solving an issue you could um you know get your questions answered perhaps or check out the competition or or show your expertise or ask some really good questions so there's a whole host of reasons and I, I think Although a lot of networking events are paid, it's not really a given that you have to get a numerical or financial return on investment to make networking worthwhile. I think there's so much you can get out of it. So I think to avoid getting bored at networking events, know know why you want to go, uh, and that should give you a better steer as to find and you say how to find your your crowd. And if you know what it is that you're looking for, you're much more likely to uh, be able to check it out on an event without getting bored. And we talked a little bit in our second episode of this podcast where we talked about getting clients. We talked a little bit about finding different networks and also finding online networks. So if you're wanting to kind of look at it from that perspective, then I suggest going back and having a listen at that episode. So we're not going to spend too much time on this one talking about the different types of networks, but it is probably worth kind of quickly mentioning, yeah, the do you choose a network that's paid or one that's free or do you choose a meeting that's paid or free? Or do you do something which is specific to your industries? Or do you go try and go where your customers are? and Or do you go to ones where you're kind of learning alongside other people? What? Yeah. How do you decide? I think you've got to decide what you want to do, don't you? I mean, I've said before, I think my... I think that paid networking events generally better than uh, free ones. They tend to attract a better caliber of person because you're not getting people there just to spam everybody with their business cards. Typically, you get people who are more committed to the process and who want to build relationships. They've, com- com- they've committed time and money to the event. And I think you're right, Katie, you need to work out who you want to network with. And I think a mix is probably better. 
I, I do a few general ones where people of all different industries and that's really useful because I now know, you know, we have website designers, graphic designers, translators, uh, accountants, just people from every profession. And in terms of your network, it's drawing on those people. It's really, really valuable. I'm also in a network with other trainers. And I think I've mentioned on the podcast before, I didn't want to network with other trainers. I had an aversion to them originally. Um, and you might see them as your competitors, but actually they're the people who know exactly what I'm going through and they know what works and what doesn't in my industry. So you might be tempted not to network with people who do the same thing as you because you might see them as a competition. They're actually the most valuable source of networking out there, I think. Well, they can actually give you extra work as well. So I know quite a few web designers who do different types of web design to me, but even other people that do Squarespace web design, but we all tend to pass work amongst each other because there'll always be a point at which we're too busy or it's not the right kind of client or it's not a good fit for us or whatever. And then it's really helpful to have other people to refer that to. So actually, a lot of my work comes from other web designers because they've met me and we get on well and we don't see each other as competitors because we recognise that each of us has got you know our own slice of the pie, as it were, but there's still room for everybody. In most markets, there's room for everybody. Yeah, it's like that abundance mindset, isn't it? Which I think really helps. So yeah, I think go where your customers are, for sure. If you're looking for sales, I think you've got to do some networking with potential customers, but I think with potential competitors uh, as well, depending, and again, it all comes down to what do you want to get out of networking? Is it to learn? Is it to get some expertise? Or is it to sell? Uh, besides other things and I suppose it's about what you like doing as well so you really enjoy walking and being outdoors so it makes sense that you would go to an activity where you go walking and you're outdoors yeah Yeah. you know I like sitting on my computer but chatting to people at the same time so that is basically what we do at the pop-up co-working sessions we we work and we chat at the same time we kind of you know that Friday afternoon office vibe yeah but there's you know there's a couple of events that I that I'm kind of hoping to get along to there's one um called Glug which I think is a nationwide possibly worldwide one um which and their kind of little tagline is not working because it's not networking and they do they do kind of talks from people but they also give you um, included in ticket prices a beer and some pizza and you know I like beer and pizza so that to me appeals and it's that slightly more quirky creative side of it so that'd be more my kind of networking event compared to when I first started out going to ones by the Federation of Small Businesses which I found was much more the businesses suited side of booted. it suited yeah. and booted but also you know that, that it was it was not freelancers um, yeah. so uh, Ipsy is a really good association for freelancers and they do um, events that are specifically aimed at freelancers not so many networking events but again you can network at events which are not billed as networking events yeah absolutely so it doesn't have to be even just a group uh, that meets regularly would do as well so I think know why you want to go know who you want to meet know what you want to get out of it and and pick something you actually enjoy yeah and like you Katie of course if it doesn't exist you could always create create it. it Yeah, it's not hard work at all. Totally do it. Yeah. <laughs> so how can we make the most out of the networking? When we go. Once, once you decided what you're going to go to, you're like, yeah, that sounds like my kind of people. Maybe you know, you're not putting too much expectation on it, but how can you make sure you're getting the most out of it? 
I think one of the best things you can do, and one that I probably don't do enough, I think you could do your your preparation before you go. So if you're not sure if a network's going to be your kind of crowd, I would suggest just maybe ring up the organiser or if it's on something like meetup.com, you go on the an email and just ask some questions. So who typically attends? I don't know, what ages are they? What industries do you tend to get? How do people stay in touch after the event? So you can probably, much as you can forecast it, know why you want to be there and see if you can find out in advance if it's likely that you're going to be able to meet those kind of people and if it's something you'll enjoy. And if you think the event might be a bit rubbish, just ring up and ask a few more questions about it as well. And actually, as someone that organises a networking, in inverted commas, event, I'm always really happy to respond to people and it helps if it actually helps if they get in touch with me in advance because then I know, okay, this is a new person that's coming along. I can look out for them and make sure that, you know, that, that I'm connecting them to the right people and I can start thinking in advance, okay, well, actually, who would be a useful person for me to put that person in touch with? Or, okay, that person's new and this person's new. Maybe they'd actually have something to share with each other because they're on a similar stage of their journey if they're both just starting out being freelance, for example. So I, as an organiser, I'm always happy to hear from people. So don't ever feel like you're gonna bother somebody. If you get the impression that you're bothering somebody, A, check if you're reading too much into the email, they're probably just busy. B, if they are genuinely not replying or a bit funny with you, then it's probably not the right event for you. Yeah, and I was going to say that you'll get a sense very quickly whether the host is kind of on top of facilitating introductions and and creating connections with people. And if you're thinking that the host isn't managing very well, um, might give you an indication of how well the event is run. So I think do your homework before you go. Sometimes you can even get a delegate list before you go. Not everybody is willing to share people's contact details, which I get, but sometimes you can get a sense of who's turning up do a bit of homework before you before you go to the event which is always valuable yeah well. and on meetup as well you can see who's attending and it depends how well people have filled in their profiles or if it's something on facebook then you can see who else is attending and yeah just just do a little bit of a little bit of research a little bit, little bit of a, a start you can even message message people as well yeah yeah and and for the, some of the larger events and some for some of the events where there's a networking component but it's maybe also a learning event Quite often there'll be some kind of informal Facebook group or WhatsApp group or something for people who are coming along, specifically designed so we can make connections in advance. Like the people who are organising networking events, they want people to be able to connect with other people. That is literally the point of it. So they will be doing as much as they can to facilitate those connections and also think of ways for people to follow up with each other outside of the event after it's finished. I mean, and it is okay to turn up to a networking event with no clue of why you're there. I've done it loads of times. Just it's a question of will you get as much out of it? So if you just want to go up, turn up and see who's around, then it's fine as long as your expectations are set that you're not going to walk away with something concrete every time. Yeah, I'd say don't go with like a questionnaire of people because then it sounds a bit like an interrogation and it's a bit strange. And curiosity <laughs> and nosiness is fine. You can just turn up and be nosy. That's yeah. all right. You're probably not going to get massive value from it, but you never know. You might meet some people. Exactly. So. And you know, nowadays, a lot of the connections that people make, you're following people on social media and everything, but it is still useful to have business cards Um what do you think about having your photo on a business card, Michelle? I think it's a brilliant idea. Mine doesn't have it, actually, but I do really like that idea. Is yours on yours? Mine's on the back, yeah. So I did used to have it where it was like my, it was like a kind of little square on the on the bit where my details were, but now I've just gone like full narcissist, and yeah. so the entire back of my business card is just a photo of me. I can picture your card now. I really like that photo. It's the one that Katya took. I really she, like that photo. And so there's, yeah, a picture of me 
um, on the on the back of the I think actually I used Moo so you can use if you use Moo.com to get your business cards I don't have an affiliate thing or anything sadly um, then you can choose different backs for the cards yeah. so I think I've got six or seven different photos of me on the back and then on the flip side it's just got my details and everything because I was like well I don't need to use both sides Yeah. all, all I need is my website address phone social email yeah that's true I really I really like it because I think when you meet people you in your you get a mental picture and I think if you just have the name on a bit of card it's really hard to place who the person was like I the reason I put my picture on was because I'd gone to a networking event and I was so grateful to the people who had pictures on there because I could remember who they were I'm rubbish at connecting faces and names so I was so as someone that runs an event I, should, uh, <laughs> I shouldn't really say that <laughs> but yeah it was so nice to have those yeah. cards afterwards because I could put the two together yeah and it's true and in terms of preparation I think when you first go networking you think oh, I must have business cards it's probably not the most important thing I guess the main thing is that you just need to have some contact details that if someone wants to stay in touch you have something to share yeah. you could hand write them yeah you can I mean they cost so little just just don't go don't do the thing where it's kind of like oh for five pounds more I can get seven thousand yeah you'll just, hate them in a yeah month. just get 25 and but, just do a really simple thing simple is fine you don't yeah. have to be like a graphic designer to create a nice simple business card and some people have business cards that are literally just a small strip of paper with yeah, literally just their name I've and details on. Exactly. no photos no logo it's just... just a little reference isn't it because people don't always have time at a networking event to get out the phones or they don't want to seem rude and they're getting out the phones to like follow you on twitter and stuff so it's just afterwards on the train home or whatever then you kind of going through your cards and and kind of you know finding people and and actually that's one thing i would say we talked about getting the getting the most out of the event what's really easy to do is to go out to the event and have loads of really interesting conversations and collect loads of business cards and then go away and then two months later you find those business cards in your bag and you're like oh yeah I can't remember anything about these people so the most effective ways of doing it is actually to follow up on those people even if it's you don't have to send them a kind of formal email but just following them on social media maybe commenting on a few of their posts oh hi it was nice to meet you yeah too. exactly you know connect with them on linkedin but do it soon after the event don't just leave your cards laying around in your bag yeah because otherwise that moment kind of has passed a little bit and they probably won't remember you and you might not remember that it's gonna feel weird if i suddenly contact you out of the blue six months later so i think i have had that i have had people contact me and go hi i met you at an event two years ago i'm ready to have a website now i'm like okay who are you so it does it does work and i think joe you don't need a business card necessarily i think it's useful but it's if you don't have one no don't let that prevent you from going to an event but i mean these days LinkedIn on the app you can there's a near me option where you can connect with people via Bluetooth or it gives you a QR code and uh, literally you can just scan each other's codes and connect on LinkedIn there and then without or you can create an electronic business card as well which you can just send to people which works just as well it's less likely to end up in their bag yeah getting lost so I think with that the preparation as well it's probably worth um before you go, depending on what you're doing, if you are going to connect LinkedIn profiles, I'd just suggest making sure your LinkedIn profile is up to date, yeah. that your CV potentially is up to date, or you have a website, ideally, that's got suitable content on as well. Um, again, you, we won't go into this too much here, but Katie, I'm sure you agree, you don't necessarily need a website when you're starting up, but a landing page with just your contact details on this is yeah, good. Yeah, something really simple. Um, you know, On Squarespace, you can literally create a one-page holding page, which just has your name, 
your logo. email address, logo, and a contact form and some social media links. You know, that's all you need to get started. It's almost like a virtual business card. That's all anybody wants, really, yeah. isn't it? But even then, yeah, like I say you've got LinkedIn, you've got all your different social media networks. If people can find you on a couple of those and it's clear what you do, then that's probably fine to start with. It's enough. And some yeah. people don't have websites or LinkedIn profiles at all. They just go through word of mouth and they're very yeah. successful. Or email address, you know, making sure they're, they're kind of on it with emails. Then That's fine as well. So, yeah, any of those is good. But people mostly just want to keep in touch. So, yeah, do try and keep your stuff up to date. One top tip I share with people is to do um, what, a bit of ego surfing. So you could always try Googling yourself before you go to the event. <laughs> Don't do it from you being logged in because all your stuff will come up first. Yeah. But do it from a friend's one or do it incognito. And if you Google yourself or other good search engines are available, but they're <laughs> kind of not, um, you can see what comes up first. And if it's you drunk at a party in your 20s, probably you might want to have a little look at how you're appearing in search results. Um, maybe make sure there's stuff that comes up more prominently. But let's say you've done all that and you go into a network. Um, yeah, Katie, you were talking about being awkward uh, or turning up to events and being really bored. So let's talk a little bit about how you turn up to the event and I suppose the the thing is what next? Do you have any tips then or things to avoid perhaps even when you first turn up? Well, I think what I definitely found when I first went out to networking events, especially if they were not a good fit for me, but even ones where in theory it would have been, was that, that when I arrived, there always seemed to be people that were already in their little groups having conversations. And yeah. and I would just stand in the corner and it was worse if it was one which had free drinks because then they'd give you a glass of wine as you got in and you'd stand nonchalantly sipping your wine in a corner just getting progressively more drunk as you're trying to look really casual and like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I, I'm not just standing here like a lemon. Um, so I think for me, it's weird because I'm such a confident person in every other walk of life, but put me in a room and call it networking and I just freeze up. Um, and I've not really kind of fully got over that yet. Um, but that's where, what, what I did find helpful was doing the research in advance. That was what helped me the most. So if there's a way you can find people in advance and find them on Twitter or on social media or something and find something that you can connect with them. But if, if, you, if you can't do that, then I just, I literally go back to basics and I'm like, okay, who who's wearing something that I like the look of? Who's who's got cool clothes on? And I will literally go to that person so that I have something to be like, ah, oh, your your jacket's amazing, by the way. Where did you get it? Yeah, yeah. And that's how I tend to start conversations now when I'm going to networking events. If there's if there's not an obvious other kind of way in to start the conversations, I think it's a good way to do it. But also looking out. The other thing I'd say is look out for. Look out for the people who are reasonably experienced at networking events because most of those people will know that there are people that are kind of new to it and you can spot them because they're the ones that have generally got the slightly more open body language because you'll, by default, if you've got, say, three people in a little group or three or four people, it's a very closed group and it can be really hard to know how to start a conversation when everybody's backs are facing you. People who are a bit more used to networking are a bit more aware of that. So they tend to try and stand in a way that they could incorporate another person into the group. And so look out for those people. And actually, the, the other thing I'd say is if you're, if you're struggling, just find the, find the organiser and, and 
get them to introduce you to somebody you know especially if you're paying make them work for yeah, you yeah definitely I, I've done that loads of times I think you're I think you're right Katie the more the more experienced people will typically find you um so um yeah with, with networking events you raise an interesting point I think the people in small groups have probably gone with other people and I think they've turned up with friends because they're nervous and don't want to go to an event on their own I typically go to networking events on my own because if I'm with other people I just chat to other people exactly, yeah. probably just be, not to be rude but just because I haven't seen them in a while yeah. and I want to chat but there's I, a reason they're your friends they're nice to talk to they're nice so <laughs> yeah but when I go on my own I have done it before I mean yeah go to the bar find the coffee typically if you stand if you stand as you say if you sit in a corner on your own or stand in the corner on your own if you're reading something or pretending to read something or you're looking at your phone, no one's going to talk to you. It becomes a self-perpetuating cycle. You think, well, no one wants to talk to me. I'll look at my phone. You look at your phone, your body language is closed. People think, oh, I better not disturb her so they don't talk to you. Then it's this reinforcing belief that no one wants to talk to me. I'm rubbish at networking and it just makes things worse. So even if you're just fronting it out, what I tend to do is stand by the bar, stand by the coffee, stand where there's kind of like a footfall without being in the way and just kind of front it out but there's a nice balance between looking super confident but as you say having this nice open body language scan the room with your eyes and just make eye contact with people it's not going to kill you just uh, you know don't stare at people but then just just, just <laughs> kind of stand there. and actually do you know what there's no harm in looking a little bit lost because as you say the experienced networkers will come and pick pick up and chat to you other lost people will come and chat yeah. to you too and they'll come and bail you out I think oh thank god there's someone else who's struggling hi <laughs> I did think there should be something like like something like you know like the secret lemons club or something like where if you where if you are someone that's a bit shy at networking you have a little badge that's quite discreet but the other people who are also a bit rubbish at networking can find each other like oh you hate networking too brilliant let's all club together yeah but you could just tell people you're nervous as well they yeah. might so yeah look look at the room if people have got a closed group then probably leave them alone but actually there's lots of people as you say I do it I always stand so there's room for people to do it so and yeah or failing that speak to the host I've been to an event before where everyone was sat down and I've, I've literally got up to the host room for the people deep in conversation sat down not a great setup for networking no. I think but I've gone to the host and done exactly that and said right can you please introduce me to some people here's what I do who can you who can you introduce me to and and they did to be fair and I think you can pay it forward a little bit as well so if you've just you know be mindful if you've struggled in the past and you know what it's like make sure that you're not being one of the people that is kind of making it hard for everyone else so even if you're in a really interesting conversation just do kind of go right you know what someone took me under their wing once I'm going to do the same and I'm going to look out for people that are looking a bit lost yeah now I'm in a bit more of my comfort zone definitely and I think do you know if people are already in conversations net people are there at networking they're there to meet people or at least they should be there to meet people professionally so if you want to join a group wait for an appropriate pause or at least a lull in the conversation and then literally just walk up to people and say do you mind if I join you or hello my name's Michelle nice to meet you all do you mind if I join you guys or I just heard you chatting about x can I join you if they freeze you out they probably shouldn't be at the event just don't just don't worry about it <laughs> most people in that situation will say yes and even if they're sat at tables most people will say pull up a chair so definitely ask if you're feeling a little bit lost and actually yeah people will say yes to you because that's the point of going to this that you have permission think about it, if you went to the pub and you just sat down with a random group and went can I join you people look at you if you're a bit weird depending on the pub because a lot of ones in Manchester people would quite happily get drunk with you but you know in any other social so you went to Costa and sat with people at a table they think you, you, you were really weird but actually networking events it's one of the few places in life where it's positively okay yes. yeah 
I might go to Costa and just sit with some random people. <laughs> well, that was why I started freelance work because I couldn't actually find anyone to talk to in coffee shops despite my best efforts. I just got really weird looks when I tried to strike up conversations with the person on the next table along. So, yeah, don't, don't, it's appropriate, appropriate locations. Yeah, and if you do join a conversation with people, obviously let other people speak first before doing it. Don't kind of take over the conversation. It's usually a best to agree with the first thing that's been said or at the very least be polite if you disagree. Getting into a debate about, I don't know, Brexit right off the bat probably isn't going to endear to anybody. Although, you know, there is a case for being remembered and if if your values are, you know, if, if you have a strong opinion about something and you it's relevant to your work, then maybe there's a case to be made for having a couple of people remember you and go, yeah, do you know what? That person really impressed me because I think the same as that versus you know yes you might have alienated a couple of people but actually I think it's okay to put people off so like for example sometimes if I'm going to a networking event I will make sure I'm wearing denim because I know if there's loads of people in suits they will be disgusted at the fact that I'm wearing such I think casual attire <laughs> but it is just a way of filtering filtering people out a little bit um so it's kind of I think I, I disagree slightly I think it's okay to be a bit controversial I think there's ways and means of doing it. You can phrase it as a question or you can offer opinion. I guess what I'm saying is don't charge in, get your soapbox out, stand on it, have a rant before you've even got to know <laughs> I think you can offer a point of view, but yes. uh, it's, yeah, there's a bit of etiquette to do it, yeah. to do it as well. Um, typically, yeah, and, and if you do join a group or you meet someone, if you don't know where to start, just eye contact, a smile, a handshake, and just introduce yourself is a great way to start. It's the law of reciprocity. Human beings like to reciprocate. So nine times out of 10, if you go over to someone and say, hi, nice to meet you. My name's Michelle. Use your name. Uh, shake hands with them. <laughs> um, just people reciprocate. Even if they don't know what they're doing, they'll just go, oh, right, hello, my name's Katie, and uh, I do this. And then you're then you're started. If and so, how would you... Sorry, I was going to say, if someone does forget to give you their name back, which happens sometimes, just say, oh, sorry, I didn't catch your name, or, oh, or what is your name again? And uh, there, there you go. You're off and running. When you introduce yourself then, how would you recommend people introduce themselves? Because I've seen lots of variations on it. I mean, you know, people who will kind of say, oh, hi, I'm such and such, I'm a web designer. Or some people might go along the lines of, oh, and I help people create communities. Or And some people have a really long introduction. <laughs> Yeah. What, what would you say is the best way of doing it? I think some people have like an elevator pitch and I've never really been one to, I've never really nailed my elevator pitch. And another elevator pitch for anyone who doesn't know is they, they say that if you were to meet your ideal client in an elevator, could you explain what you do in a really powerful way in the 30 seconds it would take to go in the elevator or a lift if you're British, but a lift pitch, <laughs> lift pitch doesn't, sound, weird, doesn't yeah. sound so good. Um, look, I think it's worth having in advance knowing what you're going to say. So I'm not saying have a pitch or a sales script in mind but knowing your introduction beforehand gives you something to hang your hat on I've gone to events before where you've gone around a room and introduced yourself and I've literally gone hello my name's Michelle I'm a trainer or something like this so I do management training and the next person after me does a similar job and they've introduced themselves in a really snazzy powerful way that's super inspiring and I'm kicking myself going <laughs> oh that wasn't just an introduction that was my opportunity to really inspire people and it annoys me so I think um, introduce yourself if you have a job title you might need to explain what that means to people because most job titles are quite generic so if you for example said hi I'm Katie and I'm a web designer 
then there's many different ways to do web design. If I say I'm a coach, there's so many different types of coach out there. So, And likewise, if you go too specific, so actually, if, I mean, I, on this podcast, just use the term Squarespace. Like, I think everybody knows what it is because it's a podcast and we're not yet sponsored by Squarespace. But if you listen to podcasts, you've probably heard of Squarespace. But if you haven't, it's a web design tool. But if I just introduced myself at a networking event, if it wasn't for website professionals and said, oh yeah, I work with Squarespace or I make Squarespace sites there would be a lot of glazing over eyes. Yeah. You know, it's finding that balance, you know. So I'm a web designer. I use a tool called Squarespace, which is really easy to use for people who aren't technical. Exactly. For example, something yes. like that. So explain. I need to write that down. <laughs> grab a pen. I think, yeah, I think it's really important to know what you want from that specific event as well. So um, if you are going to a networking event because you have a problem to solve, I could turn up and say, hi, my name's Michelle, and um, I'm here because I really want some top tips on how to sell open training programs, for example. That way, I'm saying what I want. Other people know if they can help me. Someone's going to make a beeline That's for That's a me. great way of doing it. So, depend. Do you want to solve a problem or do you want to make an impression? A I top... never think of introducing myself with the problem I want to solve. That's a really good idea. But make sure those people seek you out. Particularly if they're selling a solution, yeah. then they'll find you. There's a really good tip from Andy Bounds. He does a, he's a communication guru. He does a book called The Jelly Effect. And he talks about afters and um, what you know, knowing your purpose. He has a good tip. He talks about... Um, two things actually from him one he says know who imagine it's like fishing he says imagine that you know who your big fish are your little fish are and your old boots so who are the people who you really want to meet which would be really valuable who are the people that would be nice to meet and then which people that you're probably not going to have enough common ground for each other have that in mind before you go and that way it's much easier but all that also allows you to do is help with your introduction and he said he was an accountant and he used to go to events and say hello my name's Andy and I'm an accountant and as you said, Katie, people's eyes glazed over. So then he kind of switched it up a bit to the benefit of what he did. And he said, hello, my name's Andy and I save my clients thousands of pounds every year or hundreds of thousands of pounds every year. Now, of course, everybody then wants to go and speak to the guy whose job it is to save people thousands of pounds every year. And once you've explained that, you've got license then, people will come and ask you, okay, so how do you do that? Or what industry are you in? If you're not sure, you think that's a bit vague or a bit too sales pitchy. I think it's dead cheesy, to be honest. You can build on it, though, but it's the right way around. Because what most people do is, I can say, oh, hello, my name's Michelle. I uh, do training. I do it through face-to-face workshops. Um, I help managers and I save them time or money every year or uplift their performance. What would be better was to start at the bottom of that list of things go hi I help improve um, managers business performance I do this for offering face-to-face workshops I'm a trainer so if Andy says I I save my clients thousands of pounds every year through doing books and preventing them from having to pay more tax than they need to would you feel better about that as an introduction I still think it was cheesy I quite like it I think it's quite (laughs) helpful so it depends you need to find your comfort level but you definitely need to explain what you do what you want and, and why that's inspiring your job title and, and, and your process is interesting to you, but the outcome is probably yeah, more interesting yeah, to others. Definitely. And so um, it'd be good to think about as well, what once you're in the conversation with somebody, if you're kind of struggling to think of what to say to them, what are some good kind of conversation starters so that you're not just saying, and what do you do? And where do you live? And how's the weather? We're having some weather, aren't we? Yes, weather is delightful. <laughs> and stay off Brexit or football <laughs> yeah. or religion. Um, yeah, Katie, we were having a debate with some of these. So I was sharing an article recently about networking questions. So Katie, you can share some of yours as well. I think good questions are, 
have a genuine curiosity about the other person. So I quite often ask people, how did they get into their line of work? So showing a bit of curiosity about how they got into it. I think that's quite interesting how people ended up doing jobs. 10 years ago, you didn't really have digital marketing managers. So I'm really fascinated to know how did you end up, you know, most people end up in a job. So there's normally a story, which is quite good. I also quite ask them, you know, what do you like about what you do? And very quickly, you'll get a sense of what they're passionate about. But if they hate their job, they'll soon tell you that. As well. <laughs> so that's something to go on. I think other questions you could ask, I think there's two things. So bear in mind, we're building a relationship. And ideally, we want to add value, to choose a cheesy term, to them. Um, I think it's useful to know two things. Firstly, what challenges or problems have they got? So you could just say, wow, that sounds like a demanding job, or you sound really busy. What challenges have you got on right now? The other thing you could do is ask someone about the goals they've got or what they're trying to achieve. So, okay, great, you do that. What is your focus right now? Or what is it you're hoping to achieve in the next year or so? How corporate or friendly you do it is up to you, but goals and challenges are the key big ones because you may meet or already know someone else that can solve their problem. You can add a lot of value to people by just introducing them to people who have who are able to help them achieve their goals or solve their problems. It doesn't even have to be you if it's not someone a line of work or a line of work that you know directly work in yourself. Yeah. And you can phrase it in a way that feels natural for you as yes. well. You know, so you might say like like you, you know, saying that sounds tough what challenges are you facing? Or you might say like, oh well that sounds really tricky. Like is is that is that hard does that take up a lot of time or there's ways of asking the same question in a way that feels natural so don't feel that because you've read some networking question ideas that you have to ask it in that same form yeah you can say you know what's keeping you busy right now yeah. and same in your introductions as well you don't have to say i do this i save people money you could just say oh i'm at the moment my main focus is this or yeah. this is taking up lots of my time at the moment mm. so you I can, really like that yeah my main focus is this and uh, yeah at the moment yeah, i'm really getting yeah. my head around such and such so you could work it into a conversation i think another one a final one for me would be what do you do when you're not working so ask after the person as well well that's what i was going to say actually is that i probably personally feels more natural to me to actually not necessarily talk about the work stuff straight away actually the generally when I find a connection with somebody that I'm talking to at a networking event it's quite often not work related so I'm a bit of a crazy animal lady so I've got two dogs and two cats that's an instant connection with a lot of people for me so that's the other thing you can think about is what are the things that would connect you to a kind of big group of people if you've got kids again really obvious connection like oh how do you find freelancing with kids oh yeah it's quite tricky actually isn't it yeah you know, I, anything which is kind of something that's quite common for other people again for me holidays, I go, holidays, holidays is, yeah yeah, yeah. Um, it's kind of slightly erring towards weather when you go for holiday it's like hairdresser conversations but I think holidays is okay or even like do you travel much for work then then you kind of get onto the topic of travel which can lead on to a bit more of an interesting discussion and then yeah for me like I really like I, I I I tend to ask people if they've got a tattoo I tend to ask where they got the tattoo that's what my one of my conversation starters or like oh where did you get your lipstick like I, I ask about a lot of kind of clothes and kind of appearance stuff but only if I'm really genuinely interested so I will d kind of pick out those people and go okay that's, that's cool I like that so I, I'll probably start with some of the slightly more non-worky questions and then be like oh by the way we haven't actually talked about work what is it that you do again sorry and yeah. it seems a bit more natural in the order of it, it seems a bit more natural for yeah. me that it makes that. sense i think take your lead from the person some people like to keep it professional they're a bit guarded about the personal yeah. stuff um especially especially if it's a professional event so take your lead 
Um, however, some people do prefer the personal stuff, mm-hmm. so I think it, different Yeah, you'll get a read on what kind of event it is, and the kind of events I would go to, that would probably be quite normal but you're right exactly yeah absolutely well what do you do for work is a normal start i think yeah um, yeah i was training a guy this week on the subject of networking and he said he he like he sees it as making friends he he said well you might get new friends out of it and he he tries to connect like you with the person first and then if you talk about business great you know and i just think it's probably a bit more memorable that way you might not even remember exactly what they do but you'll sort of remember the rough thing that they do but you'll be like oh yeah that was the one with a really cute puppy or yeah that, is that just me <laughs> that remembers people by their pets yeah. <laughs> so you don't call them the pet's name you're all right no no that's fine <laughs> and actually yeah names is such a tricky one like have you got any tips for remembering people's names if you've met you know if you've kind of come across them at a networking event and then say you want to introduce them to someone yeah, use them. Make a make a point of remembering them. Make it make it important to you. But then make and make use their names. And so typically, if I'm in a group of people, I'll do like a bit of a went to market thing. So if I speak to okay, first, yeah. I know Katie. If I speak to Roland, oh, that's Katie, and there's Roland. And then if Katia comes along, okay, I've got a Katie. I've got a Roland. I've got a Katia. I'll work it backwards. I've got Katia, Roland, and Katie. And when they move positions, I just <laughs> check. So if you make it important enough, but but people don't actually mind. So if you're feeling awkward, just ask. If you meet like 50 people in a half an hour time spread, nobody minds. Yeah, if that's you ask. fine. What I do sometimes when I don't remember people's names, rather than as the organizer who probably should know their name, asking them, I will get somebody else who is new and legitimately can ask their name to find out for me. So that's the other thing you can do is to say like, oh, I was chatting to that person over there. Do you remember what their name was? And so you can actually ask somebody else to help yeah. you out with it. And like well. I've asked their name three times. Well, you it's do you mind asking? It's a bit awkward. <laughs> and then you know you just have to accept that that person is called George in your head, even if they're called Andrew in real life. And yeah. It's just the way it is. <laughs> Try and remember. But like I say, most people don't really mind. And then I suppose the other thing, of course, is graceful exit. So no one wants yeah, to be stuck. stuck with an old boot. Stuck with an old boot. I wouldn't call the person that, of course. But yeah, we don't want to be stuck talking to someone. I don't want to bore other people, but also, so it's good to move on so I don't bore others. But of course, if someone's just making small talk with you and they're doing out of nervousness, it's probably not great for them either. So a graceful exit uh, is key. I know you've been stuck talking to people before and try to make an exit. I mean, how do you try to do it? Because I know before you've gone, oh my God, I was talking to that person. Um, I tend to need to go to the toilet, which is actually true for me. <laughs> I always need the loo. So I tend to go, oh, actually, I'm just, just going to nip to the loo. Or if the food's, if it's someone where it's like, where there's food, I'm vegetarian. So that food gets eaten really quickly normally because there's not enough of it. And so I'll say, oh, I've just seen they put the food out. I'll either say, should we head over together? But then you kind of can naturally break off. Or I was like, oh, I'm vegetarian. I'm just going to nip to the front of the queue so the, the, there's some food left for me. So that's always a good excuse. Yeah, um, But I mean, I think just like, if you can wind up the conversation, it does, it becomes a lot, a lot easier to leave. So if you can try to find a natural lull in the conversation and go like, oh, it was really nice talking to you. Um, like, you know, and, and also, I think sometimes you can just be honest and say it's a networking event I want to make sure I'm talking to more than one Let's person move on. yeah. yeah I think a top tip there is if you say I have to go to the toilet get some food or smoke a cigarette just Do remember it. to go to the yes. toilet yeah, that's, get some that's food why, that's, why I, that's why I use it because it is genuine <laughs> you have to do it but yeah I think the other thing Katie is if it is coming to an end you, there's, there's a few ways you can go the subtle end so as you say when you get to that lull you can just do one of these phrases which you uni- universally recognise as being moving on such as well it's been a pleasure to meet you I really hope 
hope you enjoy the rest of the conference. I really hope you enjoy the talk. Most people know that's someone closing off. If they're Teflon coated or uh, that's not you know, a bit too subtle for them, you could just go, look, we'd love to chat, let's stay in touch. I just wanna go speak to so-and-so over there. I'm really keen that I meet someone from such and such before I leave today. And maybe we'll catch up later or something like that. Yeah. Um, the only other tip I would add is if you are going to, you could introduce someone to someone else. If you're going to do it, um, yeah, don't leave that person standing on their own like a lemon. Again, you can add value to people by recommending books, asking good questions, introducing them to other people, all of these good things. So introducing them to someone else is a valuable thing. And they'll remember you warmly if you were kind and if you were useful to them. Yeah. So it's not your job to entertain people, but don't leave them standing on their own. You yeah. wouldn't like it, so... Yeah, exactly. I like find a way to kind of deposit them somewhere on your route. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So if you're talking at a networking event, we move you on. We're not just chucking you onto someone else, but, you know... <laughs> why, I suppose that's why going into... If you, again, if you're going into a network event and you're trying to find the right people to talk to, if you're not sure if you're going to want to spend a long time there, go into a group of three or four, because then if you leave, you're not leaving somebody else hiring, and so you can feel less bad about leaving. Yeah. And you can turn around to the other person and say, hey, look, there's loads of people here. Shall, shall we go around the room together or shall we go and meet some people? Yeah, here? exactly. Oh, they look like they're having an interesting And then you can join that and then kind of hive off by yourself. If so you don't leave to. someone standing on their own. It's not nice. Um, so that's it. So we're nearly at the end there. I think the other one, obviously, Kate, have you mentioned it's about a relationship and nurturing that relationship over time and what you do with the business cards afterwards. So I think the final thing to say is it's really important to follow up. I know I've invested a lot of time in some networking events, met some lovely people, and then I kicked myself because I haven't followed them up. Yeah. <laughs> um, you good networking events normally send you the attendee list they normally get permission from people to share the details and they normally send it on so as Katie was saying before do just follow them on Twitter connect on LinkedIn send them a quick message say it was nice to meet them and if there is anyone you got on really well with book that second date and go for a coffee perhaps definitely well yeah I think that's uh, covered off most of the networking tips and tricks um, from kind of a couple of different perspectives because I actually think it's something where we probably have quite a, a varied experience do, between yeah. us um, but if again if you've got any top networking tips do please share them with us um, I'm on Twitter at the wheel exists that's me Katie and my Twitter handle is always hard to say it's at D-I-V-E-D-E-P-D-E-V-P dive deep depth so do let us know your networking tips um, do you know what, one, Katie, I'm going to ask you, because we sometimes we do this, what is your one takeaway tip from today's podcast, would you say, if you had to pick one networking tip? I would say, yeah, don't just stand in a corner, actually get over your fear, because it's not going to be that scary, and what's the worst that could happen, like, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> It'll that's be true. fine is my gem, my tip. Just, yeah, do do something rather than waiting for something to come to you. Try and find somebody that you can kind of start a conversation with or at least go and speak to the organiser rather yeah. than just standing in the corner waiting for someone to come pick you up. And if you hate it, you could always leave. Exactly. But have the free food and drink first. Yeah, that's a really good one. That's my, that's my tip. I've changed my tip. Okay, free food and drink. I think mine would be, yeah, be consistent and, sh- and show up, actually. Mm. So if you've got an event that's potentially good, you're not going to get massive value out of it from the first one. The first time I went to Freelance Folk, it was really good. 
but actually the value has come from turning up every single week and now I feel like I know people and have genuine connections. It creates a bit of a community, doesn't it? And it creates a community as well. You don't have to, for every event, there's a lot of, you've got to do a few bad ones to get some good ones. But I would say, yeah, show up, but show up consistently. That's the other thing. If you go to one bad networking event, don't swear off all networking events, just learn from it and then fine-tune which ones you go to in the future based on that yeah definitely so look you probably have some networking tips as well we would love to hear them so do get in touch on twitter or linkedin or wherever you find us and if you want to hear more freelancer problems solved one at a time going up to 99 then subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to your shows and we'll see you next time for 99 problems but a boss ain't one